0: Rob, we just had uh, a few weeks ago the wrap-up of the 110th Tour de France. Absolutely incredible scenes, perhaps one of the tightest Tour de France that we've had in a long time before it all came to pot towards the end. Um, what was your main takeaways
1: from the tour, Rob? Main takeaway, yeah, in all honesty, quite a predictable tour. We saw uh, Pogaccia versus Vingegaard, which was the very expected showdown two of them quite a long way ahead of everyone else i think we had it was expected those two would be in a fight first and second then a large group kind of fighting third and um yeah kind of yeah an interesting tour looking very close a real 50 50 battle throughout it looked like and then getting into the later stages uh pulling off what Tom moulin and kind of a with him, probably one of the best ever, if not the best ever time trials we've ever seen. Massive time gaps, um, not just to second place Pogacar in that time trial, but then you look further back to that in Wout van Aert, like almost three minutes he put into Wout van Aert in a time trial, which in this modern era is just crazy, crazy strong performance from both him and Pogacar, but I think that's where the tour was ultimately won for me. Um And yeah, I think the following day, that's where the bigger gap was made, um, on the mountains. But Vingegaard really putting time into Pagatcha there. And Pogaccia, Pogaccia did crash in that stage, um, which potentially had a part of it. But I think I think his head was sort of fried after the time trial. And yeah, Fingergard taking his second tour, the two of them, two tour wins apiece. And uh, yeah, it looks like a rivalry that will certainly continue for a long time between the two of them.
0: What what do you think went wrong, or what do you think went right for Vingegaard, as opposed to Pogesha?
1: I to be to, to be honest, I really think if you remove that time trial, like he only really lost time on on two stages, stage 16, 17. and for me that time trial, yeah, um, I think Vingegaard was probably stronger on the day, and then the second the second day, I do think it. You can attribute 95% of the losses to Pagatra's head going from being beaten in the time trial the following day, but also his crash he had early on that stage. Because on stage 20, I think it was, Pagatra looked equally as strong. He was back to his best again. Like on stage 17, where Pagatra lost most of the time, he lost it to like everyone. Like he had a really bad day on stage 17. But in the time trial as well, which I think really affected Pagatcha's head. On the final climb, Vingegaard was on his TT bike and Pogaccia was on his road bike. And that's quite a significant amount of that time that Vingegaard took was when he was on a TT bike and Pogaccia was on a road bike. And personally, I think if Pagatcha had learned and trained how to put out power on a TT bike on a climb of that sort of gradient... I, I think it could have he could have held it to a much closer tour, to be honest. So I think you can almost attribute part of the loss of the tour to their poor planning of what was potentially a more key time trial than everyone was saying it would be. So so yeah, that's kind of where it was won for me.
0: How much of a bearing do you think Pogas's uh wrist break had on this tour? Uh
1: I, I don't think it had any any bearing, to be honest. We saw a bit well, well, obviously it affected his training. As in, in a idea of what state his wrist was in during the tour, I, I did don't think it was an issue. We saw him shaking it out a couple of times because it was stiff, but a you know, stiff wrist doesn't affect your your power output. um, where obviously it affected significantly affected Pagatcha's training in the lead up to this tour. Um, you know, originally having to rest whilst it originally recovered, and then having to do lots of indoor training as opposed to being outdoor training you know isn't isn't optimal I mean sometimes people go well after it but mentally it's probably not what you want so yeah for sure we could have seen a stronger version of Pogaccia than we saw at this tour if that crash didn't happen but equally uh, I think he was at a very high level and just as high level as he's been at the previous two tours to be honest so so yeah so is Vingegaard
0: look we're saying he's in a high level so is Vingegaard really 7 minutes quick like head and shoulders better than Pogachar uh,
1: I'd say I'd say no I'd say if it was Vingegaard who crashed on that day on on stage 17 I think it could have potentially gone the other way and also just I think Pagatcha's head is some of the interviews and some of the media stuff he did after that TT. I think he was quite upset and quite demoralised by it in a way, and you know, it's just a mega mega crack on on stage, stage 17. You know, he's they they went toe to toe on big, high altitude, high temperature climbs all week, and then Pagatcha just failed on one, which I kind of attribute to his head and the climb. So, I actually think. I had, I think, if you went into that final week, I don't think, and ran it a million times, I think a fair few of those times, Pagetsha would have won still. To be honest, but yeah, just those two things of his head going and the crash he had on stage seventeen, I think, I think were the issues. To be honest,
0: a thing go now with back to back wins, Pagetsha now without a win for two years if we look towards 2024 will we still be having the same conversations we had prior to this tour where it's like Pogacar's might is is probably still the better rider Vingagol is slight underdog are we going in with Vingagol being outright favorite and Pogacar
1: playing catch-up um I well I, th- I think most most people now have Vingard as as a favourite to win the next tour much more so than than Pogaccia, just because he's won the last two back to back. And yeah, personally, I still regard Pagaccha as a better cyclist, just because he performs all year round. Whether Jonas is really only on on form for the tour, uh, apart from that, like even like David Gardil like get the better of him, Paris Nice and stuff. He's not this super alien. The rest of the year, it's like, but is at this insane level all year round, but doesn't really step it up for the tour. But one, the only one thought I have that contributes to this is Jonas just looks crazy skinny at the tour, but looks yeah. yeah, a much more healthy weight year round. And he, I don't think he loses that much for the tour. He looks, he's obviously a very skinny individual, but he looks like, in comparison to, a t- like other tour winners, he looks like he's got a bit more like weight to lose potentially but that's good for him in like that it allows him by never going to that crazy skinniness I think it allows him to perform year-round more and I think likely will increase his uh, chance of a longer career as well so yeah swings and roundabout but yeah for the tour next year I think Lingard would start as the favourite for me as well yeah.
0: You're a coach and do you tell him that continue going for the classics and the monuments or do you tell him to focus on the Tour de France
1: well um yeah I think well I guess it's not just his coach I think it's everyone in his team it's just what he prioritizes maybe he'd rather um like perform year-round and then have like a 30 percent chance of winning the Tour um which to him might be more exciting you know he's won it twice does he want to have a career where he wins it seven times or a career where he wins the tour, every other grand tour and every monument, which, you know, is, is pausable to him. It's up to him and his career. But yeah, for sure, I think if he focuses more solely on the tour and, like, comes in at a highly competitive race weight to the tour, um, I think, yeah, he, he can he can give himself a higher chance at the tour for sure, yeah. Nice.
0: I would say the same, to be honest. Um, in terms of winners overall in the Tour then, obviously, um, Jumbo Visma come away as defending champions. What other teams and perhaps riders as well were standouts for you?
1: Uh, I think coming into this Tour, like things look really, really, really grim for Ineos. I just didn't see their team achieving anything and... They were a long way off achieving what they've achieved at this tour in this in the past, but um, I both Tom Pidcock and Carlos Rodriguez massively overperformed. I think pretty much anyone's expectations, and being young riders, they looked like you know yeah, they didn't they didn't podium, but both of them had large chunks of time where I thought it was quite possible that they would podium. Um, so I think it was good for them, good for their young riders. Um, sort of outperform what was expected of them, even though what what was expected of them was just very, very low, to be honest. Um, the Yates, Yates, both overperforming, both Adam and Simon Yates coming in in third and, third and fourth, I think, yeah, that's massive for them. They know they're not at a level and they probably never will be at a level where they can challenge Fingergard or Bogatra. Um So for them to confirm fourth at the tour, I think is pretty much the best things they can realistically hope to achieve in their careers now. So I think that's fantastic for them. Um, yes, for Philipson as well, uh, four-stage wins. It's uh, clearly the dominant sprinter and taking the green jersey with it. Um, so, yeah, massive win for him. And for Alperson uh, to Koenig, that's the best they can possibly expect from this tour as well. Uh Van der Poel, obviously the the sort of bigger head of that team normally very poor tour for him if you don't include his lead outs for Philipson which were fantastic so although Van Poel, who previously you could argue was the best rider in the world definitely wasn't the best rider in the world at this tour but was probably the best lead out man in the world so which is actually quite significant so so yeah
0: if you I don't know look at his whole season it's been a little bit of a disappointment and I guess if you look at the Tour de France in isolation, you could almost say the same, but oh, being th- the lead outs were incredible and coming away with four stage wins for his team is, um, you could, you could argue otherwise, I guess, but I-, I think he would have expected more. Um, champions like himself,
1: they expect more, I think. For, for sure, definitely. Like this tour has been bad, but the thing is. For the last one or two years, I've been thinking this that Vanderpool's on like a massive decline. But if you look at his true target races, he's been so successful. Like if you start with Cross Worlds, his whole cross season, Wout van Aert was, in my opinion, like way better than him. But he won Cross and then he wins San Remo, comes second at Flanders, and he wins Roubaix. So if you see those as his four true target races, mm. he won three of them, and they're like arguably. I guess they they, they just they are the four biggest one day races of the year so far and he's won four of them in my opinion and at the Tour either he's just incredibly stupid with some of his tactics or he was training for Worlds tomorrow. I'm pretty sure he was training for Worlds tomorrow. There were some days where he was just going in breakaways and it looked like he was just trying to do efforts whilst in the Tour um, and he starts as many people's favourite for Worlds which is the, which is tomorrow, the day after we're recording this, um, on a course which suits him really well. So either either this back end of the year has gone badly for him or what I think is actually quite likely is he's just peaking to be on amazing form tomorrow at Worlds, which I think is quite likely. So, yeah, but yeah, he's definitely not performing year-round like uh, an art does. Yeah,
0: and uh, Kofidis came away with two wins, um, an incredible incredible duck they they now overcome is this the start of something something for them
1: i i think off of this year well yeah i mean two quite unexpected wins uh victor victor the fate it wasn't a fluke win he was just for the first week he was just equally as good at five minute efforts as and then yeah great tactical Nelson. and great great sprint for him to win that stage he won and then Jon is a Yeah, they they signed quite a high profile rider there who's capable of uh, winning Tour stages, and he sort of stayed at the same sort of level he was there. Um, so and yeah, pulled off a very good stage win. Um, I think I think to be honest, they they must just have quite a good training team behind them there to be honest, because yeah, these guys aren't big names, and it doesn't look like they got particularly special equipment, and they're just. I think, I think I quite like their DS. I like what their DS is doing. I think they've played it all... They were very strong tactically all throughout the race, and I think they have been all year, actually. So, yeah, I just think for a team with such a small budget, you have to give a lot of credit to their background staff for uh, what they help helped these riders achieve. So, yeah.
0: Ineos come away with two wins, two stage wins, rather. What, what are your thoughts
1: on them? I mean... Yeah, it's it's sad for Ineos. It's sad for me. I've I've always been a big Team Sky fan, simply, simply because 'cause I'm British. Um, and yeah, it's like obviously like they're 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 not on the level of UAE and um, and Yumbo anymore. I don't. I'd love to know what the team's budgets are because I, I I actually everyone says Ineos is the money team, but I, I'd be fairly confident that Yumbo and UAE have just as much money nowadays. But. Um, yeah, they're, they're just a long way behind, and I, I think <laughs> when when you've got that sort of budget and your team doesn't perform, like I'd say, any or aren't performing, you actually have to be. It's in like football, the manager gets the blame. You kind of have to give the background staff this, the blame at this stage. Like they've got very deep pockets, but people aren't performing. Like Danny Martinez, pretty much invisible. i To definitely be paying him a lot. But now, yeah, he's he's been injured, so that that is quite unlucky for them. Um, but yeah, he's not performing either, and yeah, they like if they're not going to like if Pickock's going to be poor for all the other like one day week races a year, then I guess he he did step up. There were stages where he was very good, but he did ultimately crack, and I don't know if there was a reason for that. And then yeah, Rodriguez crashed as well. He could have come. Rodri, they they both could have come third. They both could have come third, but like ultimately third was won by Adam Yates, who was Pagatch's domestique. So it's not great for them, I'd say, although it is promising for them that their best GC riders are young guys, but still I don't I don't think they should be happy and I think they should be looking to make major changes somewhere. And sadly, they're trying to make the major change of signing Remco Evnopol, which I I don't don't love as a solution like you're just trying to pay a guy seven million a year you're just trying to pay who you believe the most talented guy is seven million a year which I I don't love I think they need to get innovative with their um, with their training methods and try and be coaches and performance staff on the level of uh, the guy at UAE and Jumbo which currently I don't believe they are
0: like a true coach rob like a true coach <laughs> so who was uh anonymous for you in the tour
1: uh we spoke about before uh Galdu. um yeah Galdu, pretty anonymous uh looked amazing in Paris. East. i i understand why group armor fdj thought he could be the big gc hope but ultimately flummox there's obviously a lot of pressure on him as the Closest thing to a French hope to win GC, but yeah, ultimately just a long way off delivering, pretty anonymous. Um and yeah, pretty much every other sprinter who wasn't Jasper Phillips, and he could say it was pretty anonymous, sadly. Tav Tav actually gave it a really good good punt, great second place. Very unfortunate to crash out. He, he did look like he had he had a genuine chance of winning a stage, which I gave him absolutely no credit for. I, I'm amazed he got a second place, to be honest. I gave him no credit whatsoever. I thought he had zero chance of that. And he came a lot closer than than I thought he would have. So, so yeah, fair play. I don't know if we'll uh, see another season from him, although I'd like to. If he did, I'd like to, to do it a proper sprint team like Bora, to be honest. like I don't think it's like a uh, starter. If 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 you're really going for it, don't just take the extra million a year at the best place. Like go somewhere like Bora, where they can actually support you achieve that one goal. Um, but I think he'll retire, and yeah, chapeau to him if he does. He's he's had an amazing career. So yeah,
0: absolutely. And uh, we say bye to uh, Sagan and Pino, uh, two well stalwarts of the Tour de France, I guess in some way, shape, or form. Sagan what, seven-time green jersey winner, I think? Yeah, like, for something like that, yeah. On troll as well, I think, which is absolutely incredible. Too bad they didn't really get a send-off, no stage win or anything no. to note. But yeah, um, that's the end of their career. And I, I guess that's like the end of a generation now, Gilbert, uh, all the rest of them went before. Yeah. Uh, Chris Froome, I guess he'll be he'll be the last, I think, in in many ways. Um, and then he will be on to the likes of Pogacar and the rest of them uh, for the next yeah.
1: decade or so, I guess. Well, we said that about Bernal as well, though. But yeah, oh, yeah. right But yeah, I agree. I, I think I think and Guards will be around for a long time. So so yeah.
0: Uh, have you had a look ahead to the 2024 Tour de France, Rob? Uh,
1: no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the stages have been released or not yet. Uh, Stages
0: uh, haven't been released, but for the first time ever, I believe they'll be starting in Italy. They will have three stages there. And just like in 1989, the final stage will be a time trial. So if the Tour de France is still close, be it a minute or two, that will be very very interesting it was a bit like uh the well no it wasn't the voter it was the Giro from several moons ago uh oh, where, De right? De that's, the, that's yeah. the one that's the one um that one obviously had the writing on the wall already Quintana not being much of a TT specialist and obviously De Moulin being so and he wrapped it up but if it's, say, Pogacar versus Vingegaard again, um, obviously Vingigo absolutely smashed Pogacar in the time trial, but it'll definitely be uh, something something to look
1: forward to, I think. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that sounds interesting. But yeah, yeah, no, definitely one to look forward to there.
0: And uh, so on that note and looking ahead, we are on the eve of this year's UCI World, World Championships up in Glasgow. Um, unfortunately we're not there it would have been fantastic to be in and around some riders but they'll be riding an incredible i think it's 280 kilometers 270 kilometers from edinburgh over to glasgow before doing 10 circuits of basically a a, a inner city criterion which is absolutely (laughs) insane
1: yeah like apparently it's like 40 90 degree (laughs) corners Squashed together in fourteen k, which is like one, one which is corner every three hundred fifty meters or so, and so, uh, yeah. that's about five. Uh, I've I've been looking up,
0: looking it up, and it's it's about 500, 500 corners in the last 10, 10 basically uh, circuits, which is absolutely <laughs> insane. And uh, there'll be many crashes if it rains, um, which is it's not forecasted, but it is Scotland, so. If it rains, it's going to be absolute carnage. But saying that, considering there's about 150k prior to that, um, it's going to be very strung out. There won't be many left towards the end. There's the Montrose Street. Is it Montrose Street?
1: I'm not uh, sure what that's street to
0: Yeah, there's 200 meters long, 10.8 uh, 8 average gradient. So doing that 10 times, I think every lap, Uh, There's going to be a few riders who are off the back and then you'll be left with the cream of the crop, really. And um, it's definitely going to suit the punchers, uh, the likes of uh, Van der Poel. Um, Who are you thinking for? Uh,
1: Well, yeah, I I watched the junior races today. Both the men's and women's uh, finished in solo winners. So, and yeah, I I think the three big main names, like you say, uh, Van der Poel, Van Aert, and uh, Remco. Um, I think this course quite nicely leads itself to, to riders going solo. So uh, for, for me, Remco is my big favourite, um, just because I think if he gets away, I, I see him as very hard to get back. Saying that, I think I think Van der Poel. I think this course suits him perfectly with the sh- like high with high number of corners, short punchy climbs. I think suits him very well. Very interesting dynamic on the Belgian team. They've got Van Aert, Philipsen, and Remco um, for free. Three of the big favourites. Three definitely, probably two of the top five favourites, and yeah, Philipsen probably one of the top ten favourites as well. Um, so, a lot of lot of cards to play there, Rob. An awful lot of cards. I think for me, if Belgium don't win it, I actually I, I'd call it a tactical error. They should yeah. win this race for me. Um if they if no one's selfish and they do everything optimally and no one crashes, they should win this race. Remco should go from a long way out. And then that gives Van Art excuse to sit in and just 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 sit on wheels. And then Van Art can outsprint anyone who's left. If Philipson's not there, and if Philipson is there at the finish, well then they definitely win because Van Art should beat out Philipson. But in reality it probably won't fall out like that it'll be mental and someone weird like Dylan van baal solo away from 20k out or something so so, so yeah but um but yeah those three definitely the big favorites um pagacha comes with well potentially comes with his tour de france form uh previously when he's raced after the tour de france at races like san sebastian he's 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 performed terribly um so he's got a good a good record of not performing immediately after the tour. Whether he makes an no exception for world championships, I don't know. Uh cause probably isn't really hard enough for him. I think he loses out in a sprint to to all those three, maybe he beats Evnepol. Um but but yeah, he's he's I think I've probably the fourth favourite. And yeah, other than that, it should be a good race, should be a good watch. And like you say, maybe some carnage and crashes in the corners, but didn't look too bad in regards to crashes in the junior races today um but yeah if the the rain comes in uh maybe so
0: you talk about the belgium team but they've had issues in the past in terms of the working together and all the rest of it but there was a snippet from the team manager that i heard and he was saying like they've nipped it in the bud now whereby if they don't play ball in terms of playing as a team they're out the team for a few good few years so I think that will force them to work together. Um, and uh, they have, as we mentioned, they've got a lot of cards to play. They can send a rider up the road. Uh, the rest can sit in. They have a sprinter there. They have all sorts. And, uh, but uh, one thing we've not mentioned is the fact that they don't have team radio. So if they do send a rider out the road and he gets in trouble, it's, um, and he's dropped, it might be a long time before the others find out. And by which time it's too late. So, there's a lot of um, yeah, there'll be a lot of tactical, tactical uh, tactics in play rather from roadside perhaps um, during the road circuit. I'm sure the coaches will have boards up and they'll have some sort of code for one another. Um, they should, and, do, yeah. yeah, yeah. And if they don't, then as you mentioned, that's going to be tactical suicide. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on the world? world championships uh, have you looked ahead at the time trial uh
1: yeah time trial looks generally pretty flat both for the men and the women um so yeah i think for the men you you most people just go to ganner as being the favorite but he recently performed very poorly only beating josh Tarling by quite a narrow margin and common swift not very far behind that um, also not looked fantastic to me so far on the track. He's been racing the track this week. Um, so I'm not <laughs> going to be quite a stupid prediction to make because uh, you go win the time trial in a week. But I I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ganna doesn't time trial this flat time trial, to be honest. Uh, Van Art's time trial if he's doing it, has been very poor this year as well. Remco, for me, is, is the big favourite. For this, I think it's his to lose. But on top of that, uh, we saw recently in the Tour of Poland, Mattia Cattaneo, but an absolute stormer of a ride. Um, and he's definitely a name not many people would have would have been saying. But for me, he, uh, he could be the Italian saviour there. Um, and yeah, on the women's side, um, on the flat, of course, Demi Vollering um, definitely coming off a Tour de France win for her one of the favorites also rihanna marcus um but probably probably uh marlon rouser the uh the swiss woman the uh favorite for me but um i and potentially chloe diegott on the women as well the women should be quite a quite a close fought race stefan kung on the men's side as well potentially even pagatcha if pagatcha's still got his uh tour de france legs and tour de france time trial ability he could he could cause Remco trouble as well i think so so yeah should actually be some very good time trials no no clear winners i don't think
0: uh and then uh, your favorite for the vuelta then rob looking ahead
1: favorite for the welter uh most people are saying um right. yeah yeah i i disagree what? i what I don't I don't he, he's just a guy who just doesn't back it up. Like he wins the tour and then and then yeah, he won the tour then last year. He was in a heads-on duel against Oscar Onley in um was it Tour of Croatia or something? But yeah, he's basically just in a big battle against some 19 year old no one had ever heard of and Matty Mohoric. I just and you gotta remember as well, that that's a bit harsh to him. It's he isn't just the cake and not train, like he, he now has a lot of responsibility as a tour winner. He'll have to like do so much like waving and shaking hands in Denmark, and you know, he won't be able to train yeah, optimally. Yeah. Someone like Roglic and Remco, they'll well, if Remco wins Worlds too much, he might have to do a bit of handshaking <laughs> as well. Um, but like Roglic, Roglic, was, Roglic, is probably at altitude right now, or like just training for the tour, and you know, Roglic is yeah. His level of the past two years are a long way off what Vingard was at the tour, but I I just don't think we'll see tour level Vingard. Um, I I think we actually might get a duel between Roglic and Remco, which we were due at uh, at, the, at the Giro earlier this year. I think maybe Vingard's a factor, but he's not the favorite for me. For me, Roglic is is the favorite. So so yeah, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, you're wrong, Rob you're wrong <laughs> you just think just think of finger
0: guard. finger go like he's ball. gonna he's just head and shoulders above above the others uh, uh saying that remco's okay yeah i guess yeah no
1: climbing wise
0: yeah and i guess taking on what you said is it's, it's going to be a closer battle than, than first uh, first four but <sighs> you can't look He's put seven minutes in uh Pogacar, like <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: you know what I mean. Yeah. And and there's going to be even more climbing and all the rest of it. And uh, it's it's going to mm-hmm. be colder though. And like you said, he's he's not the best in the. He prefers the hotter stuff. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. Um, you, you've got me in
1: two minds now. But yeah, it's just it. How close to his tour shape he brings. If he brings his tour shape, he wins. But I, I just, I just don't think he he will because of yeah previous form. So. So, yeah, but yeah, that's, that's the excitement about the welter. It's just he, he, he's still got anything left mentally to keep training that deep. Like uh, Enric Mass and Carlos Rodriguez and Richard Carapaz will have a lot of motivation left. So you'll see them a lot closer to those guys than you would have earlier. In the no, that's
0: true. That's true. Well. And uh, so, It's, it's, it's worth mentioning them as you did. Uh, but, yeah, on that, Rob, it's, uh, we'll look forward to the races and, of course, the World Championships, and we'll be back soon. Thanks for coming on. All
1: right, Nice to see you. Bye.